Uh, hey guys, I'm here with my my. I guess I had friends or, or slash acquaintances, uh, Don and Kersel, who are. Um, what, what would you guys call yourself? Christian, gay Christian side? I don't know. Like, I just, just Christian. It, it, yeah. Well, yes. I, I mean, my relationship with Christ and with the Lord is extremely important. My husband and I both were very actively involved in church, and I'm on the board of directors of my church. So what church so, do you go to? Uh, Founders Metropolitan Community Church oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Los okay. Angeles. Okay, right, cool. Yeah. And then Chriselle? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I love God a lot, um, but I just also happen to be gay. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you guys are side A. And if you don't know what side A means, it's it's a Christian who is who. Actually, how would you describe it? I want you guys to describe that. Well, I just I, I, at this point in my life, I guess I used to use side A and side B okay. twenty years ago. I don't anymore. I I'm a gay man. I'm married. Uh, my husband and I we have a loving and wonderful relationship, and God's the center of our relationship. So I guess yes, I'm a gay Christian. Um, but that ter- side, it's just that stuff doesn't matter. As it doesn't much. really matter okay. as much anymore. Um, being a Christian is who I am, who I love, my my spiritual life and relationship with God, and being gay is just just part of who I am. It's okay. who I'm partnered with and attracted to, and who my whole world revolves. It's part of. It's kind of like saying I'm white or black. It's just part of who. It's just me. It's just yeah. it. So it's, it's not something you feel like you always have to say now. No, I don't. I don't walk around saying hi. I'm gay. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, if somebody asks, of course, I hold hands with my husband everywhere I go. People kind of pick up, but <laughs> but at work, I'm a police officer. I don't walk up and tell people hi. I'm gay while I'm yeah, at yeah. work. I mean, if if it comes up, of course, I'm very out, very open, and just honest. I'm just okay. honest about who I am. But it's not. I don't try to make an issue of it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm very. I'm not ashamed of who I am at all. Yeah, I mean. I those I mean these terms I don't I don't really use side A and side B just because you either you're you are you are who you are and that's you know that's it like I happen to be gay and I happen to be Christian and those are just parts of who I am it's not the biggest part about me if I had to describe side A I'd just say it'd be uh, someone who believes that they were create like they were that the good parts about them that they were created with that God made them the way that they're supposed to be. And in my case, I happens to be gay. So got it. Uh, so then, but in general, side A means, I guess, gay affirming I, or yes, accepting. I'm accepting okay. who I am, and I'm comfortable with who I am. Oh, it, okay. Yes. That's okay. And then where side B would say, uh, I, I see side B as kind of acknowledging that this is how I feel. Okay. Some people say that's who they are. Some don't. Some just feel that it's like a feeling that they still hope will change or go away or something someday. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're definitely not... They haven't incorporated that and accepted that into part of who they are. That's why I think we hear the different terms uh, same-sex affirming as opposed to gay. Okay. The, the, oh, yeah. They're, they're very different, in my opinion. Uh, my saying I'm gay, it's part of who I am. Same-sex affirming isn't really a an identity. It's It's almost like a... Uh, what? Yeah, it's, it's almost like a symptom. Well, they call it a struggle. <laughs> a sh- we call it a struggle. Uh, yeah, a but struggle. It's, it's even interesting because because yeah. I'm okay with saying I'm side B, but when I get even into the details, what that means, I don't even like saying I struggle with homosexuality. Or I, it's just because I think I've seen the goodness of what it means to be attracted to a man, mm-hmm. but not it doesn't necessarily mean sexual all sure. the time. And one no. of the one of the and it doesn't. I think that's a bad. 
assumption of much of the church yeah. that saying you're gay or SSA, however you want to refer to it, that that instantly goes to sex all the time. Yeah. 99% of my life is not sex. Yeah. <laughs> like, I go to Costco and the dry cleaners. My yeah. husband and I are grocery shopping and doing well, the carpet. One of the, I mean, we're just normal home. One of the podcasts, <laughs> one of the podcasts I did with my, my three straight buddies, I asked them what was name a attractive male celebrity. Mm-hmm. And we were able to talk about what attractive male celebrities that they were attracted to, I guess. Absolutely. And they brought up uh, Channing Tatum, mm-hmm. David Beckham, and Ryan Gosling. And we were just talking about that. I even asked them, would you want to see them naked if you had the chance? And they were saying, like, yeah, I guess I would. <laughs> just out of, like, this curiosity of who they are. Sure. So, like, right, which a lot of – we can relate to that, and it doesn't mean sex. No. There's this – Absolutely. There's a, an aesthetic, uh, I would say, pool maybe. Yeah. But it doesn't mean sex. I agree. I think that's part of American culture that we've had this almost like a homophobic attitude built in that even straight men, any kind of touching each other, anything uh that could be read wrong as somehow you're gay, you have to stay away from. And that's not healthy. That doesn't mean you're gay. Yeah. Oh, once again, pull in. I just don't think in in our culture here in America, we, especially as men, women too, but as men, I don't think we're good at showing affection or mm-hmm. showing talking about attraction or things because people are so afraid somebody will assume I'm something I'm not. They'll assume I'm gay. Yeah. Or assume oh, I'm, yeah. And that is not – when you travel around the world, that is not – it's not like that in other places. You can go to France or Italy or much of Europe. Men kiss each other. They hug each other. That does not mean they're gay. Yeah. yeah. They can appreciate each other's beauty. They can appreciate each other's bodies. They're still not gay. Well, so there's a book I have yeah. called um, The Buddy System, and mm-hmm. it's written by a, a professor, I think, in the University of Maryland or Boston, one of, somewhere out there on the East Coast. His name is Jeffrey Grief, mm-hmm. and he, he was saying that a lot of men do that. A lot of straight men are afraid to be titled sure. they're gay because of the sexual revolution. Yeah. So he was saying um, – and this is, I guess, more like the, an older generation, not – are not like our generation. Yeah, I'm not sure how old you are. I'm, I'm older, but I get it. I'm, I'm in my fifties. Okay, got it. But so, he, he was no, but I agree with you. He was Younger saying that like it's less of an issue. Yeah, like the yes. the men during that time didn't want to be identified as gay, so they pulled Absolutely. away from each other emotionally, Absolutely. physically. Where now people our age are okay with cuddling the bromance terms up now. Like right. you know, we, right. guys are the guys you love hear the bromance. bromance among yeah, men so all the time. It's yeah. it's interesting <laughs> that there's like a generational Absolutely. issue, but. Right now, the people your age are the ones leading the church. Absolutely. And they're the ones who are preaching. They're the ones who are, I think, creating this very straight... And they bring this fear with them. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would they say... And, and it, it, it not permeates so, down. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I oh, see that a lot. Oh, and so I totally think that, that as much as we want to think it doesn't affect us, it does. Oh, yeah. The comments, and it affects our youth, even though they are a different generation. When you hear it over and over subtly in messages and sermons mm-hmm. and Bible studies, yeah. it does start to affect you. Well, and, and we were not, America was not, we always act like we should go back to the good old times. When were those? <laughs> the 50s when the civil rights when blacks were just being beaten and abused? Sexual abuse was rampant, but we just didn't talk about it. Well, we don't talk about so it now. So. We don't talk about it now, but it was yeah. worse then. It happened all the time then. Yeah. But they act like these men that we just don't talk about sex. We don't touch people. You had a lot of well, like I couldn't unloving fathers in the, that yeah. time period. They and, didn't know how to love their children. And even now, like in in 
I was given the privilege to speak at a church about yes. the four T's, which I'm so grateful for. Sure. But I even I can even say the word penis on <laughs> right. stage, and I'm just like, right. I don't get it. It's it's like I know. it's part of the human like body. It's just what is the big issue? Yeah. yeah. So it, I get it. It's I guess so there's a afraid. sense of like I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I just there's still a lack of comfort of talking about the sexuality body, or even the, the, which the body. is like as and a Christian, doesn't as, even have to be sex. Yeah, yeah. The body. Like, as a Christian, the body is <laughs> right. it's a big deal. Like it, yeah, I think it's sort of sad that I have to make a website called the Four T's to talk about how important touch is to a human, time, yeah. uh, transparency, and teamwork. It's just like yeah. these four T's. Anyway, so well, hey, I wanna I wanna get into your guys' stories. Um, so you guys are both well. Just for, for right now, side A, but yes. you at, at one point were side B. So give me a, like a quick, if you, not too quick, but like a, a summary of your life being side B. Sure. Let's start with why you were side B and sort of the, the if there was joy in that or even comfort in that. But then how, and then from there we'll, sw- we'll yeah. switch to then the transition you guys are making of like, actually, this isn't working for me. Why isn't this working for me? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I, um, I'm 22, and I grew up in a Christian home my entire life. Uh, went to a Christian school ever since I started going to school, so I went to preschool and kindergarten at my church, and then went to a private Christian school from first grade to 12th grade. So I was raised with the Bible, I was raised with um, all the ideals, um, all the rules, and, and everything that comes with it. And so one of the things I just learned at an early age is like, I'm going to get married to a woman. I'm going to have kids and that relationship's going to glorify God. <laughs> like that's the plan and it's going to be great. Who taught you that? <laughs> I mean, it was just like a known thing. Like my parents were like, yeah, like. That's what you do. You, that's you what, know? that's the plan of a Christian. Yeah. It was plan of a yeah. Christian. Like it was everywhere on TV. Like I, like guys marry girls and like, that was just normal for me. And I was like, all right, great. Like got to find me a wife. I said that in like second grade and, and I just like went searching for my wife ever since then. And I was I was happy. I was I was glad that I was, you know, following God's word to the T. I was taught everything in, you know, growing up and so I was like, these are the rules and I'm following them and I'm I'm doing good, you know? Like yeah. I'm gonna be good, like God's gonna like <laughs> like bless me with a good life because I'm following his his plan, like everything's on track, like we're good. I, you know, don't don't lie, don't cheat, don't do all the all the bad things and I'm gonna be fine. And that, that's the Christian life. Yeah. You grew up in the Christian church. You're going to get married. You Absolutely. go to college, you're going to get married. Have Absolutely. Three to four kids. Exactly. Be in it's, ministry. It's just what's expected. Yeah. yeah. Just, but that's the, pl- that's the plan of that's the straight That's the ultimate man. plan. Yep. Yes. Okay. It is. Yeah. And so I just, I grew up, you know, thinking that. And I was very happy to be side, side B, I guess. I didn't even know side A existed. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I didn't know what gay was or I didn't like know the concept until like sixth grade. And so, you know, the, there's, whenever I thought about, other guys i was like oh this, these are my friends and like i'm only supposed to see them as friends can you what does that mean when you thought about other guys so like when i when i would i'd always love hanging out with my guy friends but i always just thought that was because like they're my bros and like okay. i get to like i get to like chill with them sure. and you know we like the same stuff um we we're all we're all nerds you know we you know went on adventures and stuff like that and it was just all normal like that's just what you're supposed to do as a as a little boy just like hang out with your friends and eat yeah. and sleep and go to school, you know, the life, you know? <laughs> um, and so I never, I never ever thought of them and as anything other than my friends, also because I was so, so hell bent on like finding a life, 
What's, like, what, what city did you grow up in? Uh, I grew up in a small desert town called Lancaster, California. Lancaster, got yeah. it. What were majority of your friends like? White, Hispanic? Oh, they're all white. They're all <laughs> Lancaster. <laughs> and, oh, is it, like, this is a big deal because you're black, and yeah. so I think there is a there being Hispanic, like right. being Hispanic in a biola. I realized. Oh, yeah. oh man, the way we live life is a lot different. The, different. the white culture is very into this certain way of how Absolutely. you're supposed to do life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyway, I, I'll bring that up later, but I think that's a, a big part. There are that's big cultural yeah. issues. Yeah, that's a big part to bring yeah, up. So most definitely. So most of your friends are yeah. White I mean, kids. like also just going like there's a good there's a big community of of black people in in uh, Lancaster, but like growing to a private Christian school, <laughs> yeah. I you know I had the privilege and the money to like be able to go there, and so did the other. 98% of the kids were white. And yeah. so um, I like grew up, I grew up almost thinking like, oh, like I'm just, I'm white too, you know, just because yeah. I'm in this, like I'm in with, I'm with these people. They all kind of just see me as like their friend uh-huh. and they don't really see my skin color, but then they do at times too. It, it was really weird. But you know, I just, I kind of fell into like, you're one of the guys. That comfortability yeah. of, of just like, you know, I'm one of the guys, uh-huh. you know, so. So you grew up though and, and then, when 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 were you? When did you realize you were attract like uh, the attraction start forming? Or yeah. I don't know. However you, yeah, yeah. however no, you for say sure. That. I remember it was because in um, what was it like seventh and eighth grade was one was one, like my girl crazy phase when I was like asking out all the girls and getting turned down a lot. Um, <laughs> and but it was also a time where I, where I like. Saw other like I started to see other guys, as like. Me, I like really wanted to hang out with certain guys, and I didn't know why or okay. like what that meant or what that was gonna look like. But I was like, re- I really liked my like my male friends and hanging out with them, and and like. So there'll be like a Bob out there, and you're like, I want to go hang out with Bob. Yeah, right now. yeah, like oh, Matt, I want to hang out with Matt. You know, Daniel, I really like that guy. I want to hang out with him. Uh, um, and then after getting rejected so many times by all these girls, um, I, and then I started to like understand more of like. And, like, get more context of, like, what gay is. I was, like, oh, I never even thought of that as, like, a possibility for me. Okay. Um, just because, like, it was never on my radar. And then, like, when I started to think about it more, I was, like, hmm. Like, I kind of identified with it a little. But I was, like, no. Like, I'm just I'm just thinking too hard about it. And how, how old were you when that? Do you know how old that you were? That was, what was that, like, eight? Like, eighth grade? End of eighth okay. grade? So, like... 13 or so. Junior high. Yeah. And a, and a junior high or so. And, you know, and, I, and by the time I'd had at least, like, three girlfriends or so. And, like, I enjoyed being with them, but I only enjoyed being with them because I knew that's what I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. And, like, I thought they were, like, I think girls are pretty, <laughs> you know. Like, girls are really beautiful. Like, God made really beautiful things, and one of those things are women. Yeah. And I think girls are pretty, and, like, I think I was just going off the fact that, like, that's what oh, you're supposed to do. she's pretty. This mm-hmm. is what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing it right. Like, we're good, you know. But I never... I don't think I ever saw my like girlfriends as like in a like sexual way. Okay. You know, like all my all my guy friends were they're just pretty and fun to hang out with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like all my guy friends are talking about like oh like yeah like yeah. we like you know I yeah. I, I kissed my girlfriend for the first time you know or like we like yeah. held hands and like went on some dates and I'm like yeah we got some food it was fun and we <laughs> talked about you know Disney you know so like <laughs> you know I was just yeah. it was just a like I just like hang out with, you know yeah. yeah so then so then you go you go through high school did that did that increase this like longing or attraction towards men increase oh yeah it increased big time so like <laughs> like getting into high school I I de- like all the upperclassmen were like really hot okay. and so like I would see them and I'd just be like 
Those guys are really like those guys are really cool. That's what that was me. Me not telling myself that I'm gay, but like me being like, oh, those guys are really cool. I want to hang out with them. Yeah. So I remember kids, guys like Stephen Cooper and um, he's okay saying your name out. He doesn't. I don't even know where he lives anymore. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's I'll, I'll use his first name, Stephen, and right. um, and some other guys, Tim. Yeah, you know, there's all these people that I'm just like, these guys are awesome. Like I'm gonna be their friends. But like, little did I know that I really wanted to be more than friends, and yeah. I didn't realize that till about sophomore year. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but it increased though. Like yeah. your 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 want to be with them. Even your words were like, oh, they're cool. I want to be their friend. But then there's other words you could say, which is, oh, I wish I was like in a relationship with them. Or yeah, I want like, to be oh, close to them physically. Oh, they're like really attractive. Like, oh, I like giving that guy hugs or like stuff like that. I think okay. that's pretty normal. Uh, what well, a time that we all went through during that. Yeah. Adolescence. When it, all of a sudden sexual issues start to arouse for the first time in your life, whether it's gay or straight, either yeah. way. Yeah. And a little bit of that confusion and... Wait a minute! I want something more than just friends. Yes. Like, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Yeah, oh, I think that's pretty normal. <laughs> so, well, and then and then so you go to so you went through that with high school. Then you go to you went Cal State Long Beach, right? Yeah. And then because I guess the way I heard about you was through Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Our mutual, we have a mutual friend, Jeremy. Who, yeah. He's yeah. one of my closest friends. Yeah. At that time, you started. I guess when did you start using the words "I struggle with homosexuality"? Because there was a point where you. You would yeah. say that. I think I started to admit admit that I struggle with homosexuality. Um, sorry for the question. I mean, that was that's just like something. That's fine. I know, yeah. but they can't. They see also it. can't see it. So <laughs> <I was> just, <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, and so I think it was like junior year of high school. So I part of my story is I um like during sophomore year when I was like very much questioning like my sexual orientation and like not really knowing what any of that meant. Like I saw it as like something that I couldn't really fix because I prayed about it for a really long time about like, you know, like pr- trying to pray the gay way and like telling, like asking God, like this isn't, like this is sin, like take this away from me. Like, you, like you've like you told me in the Bible, like if I have like placed my burdens and cares upon you and <clears throat> like you'll, you know, come to my aid. Yeah. And so God, I'll, God will fix you. Yeah, exactly. And so like, I'd pray basically. every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, take oh, this yeah. away from me. Like make me attracted to women. Like this is weird. I don't want this because I don't want to like disobey you. I don't want to. I don't want to go to hell, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. And so after months and months of praying, like most of sophomore year, like most of the first semester of sophomore year, I was just praying, praying, praying. Nothing was changing. Like it just kept getting stronger. And I was just like, I don't want to be alive if this is how it's going to be forever. And so Can you describe, you describe that pain. Yeah. So, I mean, like I would wake up every day the same, still attracted to men. And I'm just like, this is sin. It's like, it, I felt, I saw it as like, Oh, I'm just, like, I feel like I was a compulsive liar, and I just lie every day without any remorse and no, like, there's no way to not do it. And it was just Not do what? Like, be not, attracted? Yeah. Okay. And I was, like, trapped in this. I felt very trapped. I felt very alone. I felt very, um, just, uh, helpless and hopeless, because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be straight. Like, I wanted to be straight so that I can have that perfect life. I wanted to be straight so I can, you know, glorify the God who created me. You know, and I'm just like, if this really is a sin, like, he wouldn't have made me this way. Hmm. And so I felt, I felt like a, like a defective uh, product. I felt very, very forgotten about. I thought God hated me for a long period of time. You know, I just, I felt very, very, um, like... Like as if I was just beat up and left in a ditch to die. And this is in high school. Yeah, that's the word. And this is high school. 
Yeah. So you felt abandoned by God in high school and you struggle, you start using these words, I struggle with homosexuality. Yeah. So you go to Cal State Long Beach, you start going to Arbor Road, you're in the college group, and eventually you start sharing with some people, hey, I struggle with homosexuality. And that's sort of like the burden or the cross you have to bear. And so, and then eventually you told Jeremy, which is when, when Jeremy once said like, hey, I have a student who struggles with this. And that was sort of yeah. the, the plan until then. All right, Don. Uh, yeah, tell me. I guess a sure. quick a quick story too of like your life. <laughs> yeah, how I got to here. Um, uh, yeah, I grew up, up until the point where you use the word "I struggle with right. homosexuality." Right. Well, uh, I grew up in evangelical. I grew up in the evangelical Christian church right. deeply. I mean, we lived in brief church every Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday night Bible studies, Friday night social, Saturdays. Um, extremely conservative and and very happy with that. I had a wonderful home. I still have a great relationship with both my parents. I have one sister. Um, we grew up in Long Beach, oh, where cool. we are right so now. So this is here. hometown for you. Yeah, a different part of Long Beach, but okay. I actually grew up here. Um, attended more of a conservative Baptist type church uh, growing up. First EV Free was where my parents ended up at um, under Chuck Swindoll. So I grew in up Fullerton. under James, in Fullerton. Oh, okay. Yes. So I grew up under the Swindoll, James Dobson, that, <laughs> nice. that era completely. <laughs> okay. And I had a great growing up. If you had asked me if I was gay, I grew up in a different generation. Uh-huh. So I'm in my 50s. Um, growing up, I played sports the whole way. I was very, I guess, successful. I was president of the student body in high school. Nice. I, I, I think looking back, it's easier looking back. I think I over-succeeded trying to cover up for things that were, I was feeling on the inside and I didn't want to deal with and okay. admit. So I think I was an overachiever. Um, but I was a leader at church on every youth group. I was always one of the leaders on, on everything. Um, I grew up, nobody accused me of being gay growing up. I did not believe I was because I was taught it's wrong. Uh-huh. It's a sin. It's an abomination. <laughs> Bottom line, you go to hell. That's what yeah, I was yeah. taught. Um, and you believe what you're taught growing up. So if you asked me if I was gay, I would have turned around and probably taken a swing at you. And like, Re- oh, yeah. no. Yeah. I'm not. If you're gay, you go to hell. I am not gay. Don't even go. No. When was like so, your first um, When was your first time you noticed, oh, man, I'm attracted you to know, man? If you could even think about time, that. Well, I know when it is looking backwards. Uh, but at the time, I was in denial about it. There is no question now looking back, even junior high and high school, I kind of had, I guess you could call them crushes on my best friends, but I never acknowledged them like that. I just wanted to be with them all the time. Uh, uh, interesting. Almost to a defensive point. My parents said I couldn't spend the night or couldn't do something. I'd get very upset and really pissed off at my parents because I got to hang out with my friends. Yeah. Because I needed to be close to them. Um, I emulated everything they did. They all had girlfriends. I had girlfriends all the way through junior and high school because that's what we did. Mm-hmm. In order to be with them, I had to have a girlfriend. So we just did. But it was easy for me to do that because I was such a strong, quote, Christian that we couldn't have sex anyway. So the fact that I didn't have sexual desires for my girlfriends, to me, wasn't an issue because you're not supposed to have sexual desires for your girlfriends because it's wrong until you're married. Yeah. So I just went with the flow um, and had girlfriends all the way through junior high and high school. Um, When I was 21, I got married to one of my girlfriends who we were best friends. Uh And we were. I loved her with all my heart. Looking backwards, it's kind of more like my sister. I love my sister with all my heart. (laughs) I don't really want to be intimate with my sister. (laughs) Not a chance. But at the time, I had convinced myself that if I just do the right thing and get married, that God will work this out. Because that is what you're supposed to do. That's what everybody does. I never even thought about the possibility of 
of to me there was no such thing as sexual orientation. I was that it was just this is an act and you don't do that act. Mm-hmm. So I'm just not gonna don't even think about it. Just just stay focused. Mary Gwen, we will be happy. We are both involved in the church. I was at the time I was a youth pastor in the church I was at. Um, and we're just going to follow God's plan, and it's all going to work out. When did you? When were you able to start using the word "I struggle with homosexuality"? Oh, not till my marriage broke up. It was two years after my marriage broke up. So um, two years later, that it was not real intimacy. I mean, neither one of us cheated on each other, and nothing ever happened in that sense. But we weren't. Com- I couldn't fulfill all her needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't. I'm not straight. <laughs> I wasn't the husband she needed me to be, and she wasn't the partner that I needed. Um, it just we weren't hap- we weren't fully happy and fulfilled. And eventually, she walked out two years later. And um, so this wasn't. And that's when I first had confronted these feelings that I've been feeling my whole life, and I've refused to acknowledge. Yeah. Um, but you didn't go side A right no, away, though. You were still not. like, okay, absolutely now I struggle not. with this. What is this Absolutely mean? not. I, the first time I met some guy, I felt guilty. I would <laughs> go home and masturbate and feel like I'm going to hell yeah. um, because of these thoughts that are in my head that this is wrong. Yeah, I absolutely... You, you, you believe what you're taught. I mean, and it doesn't matter whether it's about sexual orientation issues or any issues. We all do that. We see that with children raised in other cultures that under ISIS, they're children. They believe it's, they're doing the right thing. Oh, definitely. You, you you're conditioned you're to believe you're a certain thing. To yeah. believe that. And this was the first time in my life that I think I ever, I wasn't even ready to question it yet. Okay. I, I just fell into the guilt side of it that something's wrong with me. And so you're 23, so, 24, and you're like, 24, yeah. I struggle with homosexuality. Yeah, I, was, I struggle with these thoughts. Okay. These, yeah. these impure, horrible thoughts that I shouldn't be having. So I initially sought out some biblical counseling. I met with a pastor at Calvary Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me I just needed to be healed. Um, I, they prayed over me and claimed to have healed me. Nothing changed. <laughs> that didn't work well. Um, I struggled, and this was over a period of a. Um, it ended up two or three years. I went to other counseling, professional counseling okay. that I had. I sought out a Christian counselor through Biola, even though I wasn't attending there. Yeah. I sought a counsel, sought a counselor out that was covered by my insurance because I was working at the time, and started doing some professional counseling. And the sessions. point of all of these sessions over what was try to. Uh, be straight. Try to get rid of these thoughts that are in my so head. So you're trying to find the answer. How do I get rid of How this, do I get attraction, rid of this to... attraction to men? Yeah. This, and this long, this deep and this longing. this deep longing to be close. And it's not just sex. It was oh, a longing yes. to be yeah. with somebody, to share, to cry. I, I've been through a two-year marriage. I knew... Mary, you don't have sex every day at marriage. Just three. Not, well, half the couple. Some, some lucky if they have it once a week or once every two weeks. <laughs> I mean, it's much more than that. It's yeah. about the, that deepness of relationship of who is the first person when I have a horrible day I want to come home to and just hold me. When I have a great day, who do I want to come home and celebrate with? Yeah. Who's that first person that comes into my mind that I want to share my life with? Oh, and that yeah. was a man. And I thought that was wrong. Okay, I have a question then because as you say this, I feel those right now. Like sure. right now is what I – when you say that, I'm like, I want that. Yeah. A lot of my guy friends – right away, I want to say, why can't we have that in friendship? Sure. Do you think it's – there is still a difference between deep, intimate friendship versus a romantic yeah. spouse? Uh, to d- initially, I would have said no. Today, I think there is. Okay. But, well, I think it's impossible to get to that point. This is the reason. 
the person you're going to have that with. Because if one, if they're not gay, if they're straight, they want that same thing, but they want it with a woman. Exactly. Yes. So you're never going to achieve it with that guy. If that guy is gay also, or struggling, as some people want to put it, eventually, what I've seen over the years is there's no way you can. Or it becomes unhealthy. You want to go further in your relationship. Yeah, it becomes unhealthy. Well, the reason why I say that is, well, what's interesting is you want more. You want all of that, maybe, but then sometimes more. But what I I want to say, what's interesting about both of your guys' stories is that you guys both have this longing Mm -hmm. to be close to another, to your male buddies or friends. Sure. And it wasn't sexual yet. No. No, not really. But it's interesting because you guys were still conditioned that you need to pursue the heterosexual Christian life. Oh, do you, do absolutely. You see that? Like, absolutely. And so I think even I even today as I'm trying to deal with my life, being yeah. a side B Christian, right. I'm dealing with all these Christian heterosexual males that right. in their mind, they're thinking, oh, this is this is just a part of my desires. When I'm trying to explain, do you not see how right. you're conditioned still to see a certain thing? Like absolutely. even when it comes to values instilled in people, like – a, a Christian male who is married and has kids is way more valuable than a single Christian male. Right. But they, yeah, they don't absolutely. see that. And so that's the way our society. So I think focused. when you say, and I agree with that when you, when I think you and I are totally in agreement on those. Yeah. Issues. And, and so you're straight or gay. I have friends who are gay that haven't been able to create relationship continuous because of other damage and some uh-huh. of the things they've gone through. And, and I feel for them. That doesn't mean their their life is less than mine because yeah. I'm in a relationship and they're not. I mean, that's crazy. Whether it's straight or gay, we've had this ideal thrown at us. Does it mean? Do, is it harder to reach that level of intimacy if you're not able to ever have a partnership with that person? I think it is harder. Well, I want to explain that. Like what yeah. I what I was gonna say is, I think it's hard for me to find those with my guy friends too because. They haven't been taught they could have that with a guy friend. And that's like super frustrating because it all goes back to church leadership. It's these straight Christian men who have families that are teaching and instilling these values into young people starting at age five. When you you tell a five-year-old, oh, I can't wait for you to get married and have kids. It's just like, oh my God. It's one of the reasons today I'm actually glad, I can say today I'm glad that I was gay because I think it broke me out of some of that mold because it's make... Being gay, you deal. You have to be vulnerable. You deal with so much hurt and mm-hmm. so much things to get through that and grow past it. That it breaks down all of that, that face, that, oh, definitely. that thing you have to keep up. So yeah. with my friends now, I'm able to be much more emotional with them. We're not sexual in mm-hmm. any way. But I can hug them, kiss them. I can lay on the couch with them and watch TV. There's nothing sexual going on. Yeah. I, but before... Before I had gone through what I've gone through, I wasn't able to do that. Yeah. yeah. And I think most men don't because of our conditioning. Well, we yeah. can't we're so afraid. Yeah. That, what is that gonna mean if somebody sees me doing that? Yeah. What are they gonna think of me or something? Yeah. They're not able to be vulnerable. Well, what's interesting is a lot of my guy friends have because I'm I would say I'm a unique person to some extent, like just sure. how I see life or whatever. And a lot of my guy friends do have a hard time being friends with me because they don't know how to engage with this deep level of friendship I have actually been able to create right. and even give them the space to walk into that. And they sort of get confused because they're thinking, wait a minute, I'm only supposed to do yeah. this stuff with a girl. Exactly. They and think and you're not, not on sexual stuff. Just they like, think you're coming on to them. Or, or no, they just don't know that all of a sudden they're, all of a sudden okay. they're emotionally attached to me and they freak they're out of that. because it's that. just like, what right. the heck? Yeah. Right. Like, or they think, wait, I want to live, I want to, I want to talk to a female every day like this sure. rather than a guy. And so it's just very, yeah. it's frustrating, interesting, and annoying, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if frustrating <laughs> I and annoying. I can, I can, so, okay, so 
So both of you guys grew up in this Christian home. It seems like you guys were caught off, both caught off guard by your attraction towards men. Yeah. Or this long, Absolutely. It, it seems like you guys were just caught off guard by that. Yeah, it, that was a big, that's a great word for it. Because yeah. for me, I couldn't, people ask me why. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Nothing happened. I mean, Nothing like, happened to me. Choosing. I was not yeah. kidnapped by gypsies. I wasn't <laughs> molested wasn't by a, spell, a cult you know? of somebody. Yeah. I, I didn't, I wasn't rejected by every woman out there. I never made a choice yeah. on who I like. They always say, well, it's a choice. No. I, I, when, I, when I talk to other police officers, I share this all the time. I don't know why I'm gay. I mean, my gut says it's biological because I, I can't figure out anything else. Nothing mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm not a biologist. I'm not a yeah, chemist. Sh- I don't know. But I do know I didn't make a choice. The same as they didn't make a choice. I mean, I talked to my straight friends out there. And I said, okay, you think back then. When was it, junior high or high school, that you said, okay, I've been putting this off. It's been long enough. I need to make a decision. Am I going to like guys or am I going to like girls? It never happened. Yeah. You walk down the mall and, damn, your head turns. when It just turns when you see what you like. <laughs> yeah. It just does. Yeah. Why we like what we like, I don't know. I, but it's I not do a choice. Want, it's not a choice it, for I, me. I would say, because you're bringing up good points, I think this is where we might disagree is, yeah. I think when I hear you say... The, the way you're creating this, it's like, we should follow what we're attracted to. Well, uh, no. I see what you're saying. I know, yeah, I don't think we need to. I'm just saying that the church has always used this assumption that it's wrong to be gay or the side, if you want to put, as you put, side people are wrong because all you have to do is choose to be straight. Oh, just for sure. Just flip a yeah. switch. Just stop. It's just yeah. like stealing. And they always compare it to some other stupid. And there's crime so much. I think there's so behavior. much miscommunication happening because oh it's a gosh. bunch of straight pastors who are talking of about course. this. And Absolutely. They, and they're going off of their own experience, which is their experience, which exactly. is different. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a lack of sensitivity to acknowledge that other people have life experiences that are different from our own. Yeah. Not everybody lives our experience. Well, and we so have to acknowledge that culturally. The black experience is very different than mine as a white male uh-huh. growing up. Yeah. Or Hispanic. Or Hispanic yeah. and Latino. For me to try and put you in my box and say you have to live the way I did when you have a total different sets of adversity issues and cultural issues that you've had to deal with, it's, yeah. it's very egocentric and mm-hmm. insensitive. Yeah. And I think that we do that as pastors a lot in our, in our churches. Yeah. That we refuse to listen. To people's experiences we just make assumptions right off the bat you are wrong because it's always been wrong and you just need to choose and marry a woman and everything will be fine oh yeah well i did that <laughs> and it didn't work and i joined an ex-gay so, ministry for years and it didn't yeah. work i want to i want to know where you guys where you guys started what was the most painful experience of being side b like yeah well don i remember when we met up like a year ago you told me that you had a moment where you were like sitting like by these cliffs or something, you're thinking, I want to jump off the cliffs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was at, attending UC Irvine at the time. I was had joined uh, part of Exodus International, Desert Street Ministries. And initially, it was interesting. When I first started going, I actually felt a lot better. Because for the first time, initially I felt like I was the only one in the world that had these kind of feelings. I felt very isolated, very alone. I'm in the church. I love being in the church. What if people ever find out what I'm thinking, what's in my head? Mm-hmm. They will, I'm horrible. Something's wrong with me. Um, I just felt really desperate and alone. Um, I joined Desert Stream Ministries, which is a reparative therapy, ex-gay ministry uh, here in Southern California. <clears throat> and initially, it brought me a lot of relief. 
um, because there were other people that were dealing with the same issues I was dealing with. And I felt that I wasn't alone finally. Mm-hmm. And they weren't judging me as a lot of Christians tend to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually were compassionate and loving and supportive. And we came together and we had Bible study together and prayer together. And we talk about our issues and struggles as we put it then together. And I felt a lot more support at the mm-hmm. time. The problem that I had was after two years there. And I saw that in a lot of other people, almost everybody that attended. Because the theory basically is behind most of the reparative therapy and almost all the ex-gay ministries is that we are created heterosexual. God has oh, God's yes. intent. Yeah. And that because of some kind of damage growing up, lack of a good father or mother or abuse or lack of being somehow not building proper bonding relationships, because of those things, our sexual desires have gotten skewed and misaligned. And basically, through enough counseling and working through those issues and prayer and trusting God and all these things, eventually your natural heterosexual desires will begin to emerge. Yeah. That is the basic concept behind pretty much all of ex-gay ministries. Well, my problem was after two, three years of there. Nothing and I, was happening. It wasn't happening in anybody. And I'm very educated, sharp. And I, and I wasn't trying, I didn't have a bias trying to look for, I wanted to change at that time in my life. Okay. I wanted desperately anything for this to work. And then I started realizing the leadership, the, the, the Andy Kaminsky, the leaders of these things hadn't changed. Just because they weren't living what they called the gay lifestyle doesn't mean they weren't still gay. Yeah. I mean, some of them got married. Yeah. But everybody looking at him was like, oh, please, he's a big queen. So the pain, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's like, so the, the pain was basically like all, that, all this energy every, I'm yeah, using. And my I'm whole, using, and I almost felt at that time, for a short period, aban- like you said, abandoned by God. I've done everything I've done, God. I poured out my heart to you. If I could change, I would have changed. Yeah. I've done, I've memorized scriptures. I've spent hours on my knees praying. I've attended counseling. I'm in church. I don't have sex. I don't do drugs. I didn't drink. I was like extreme. You don't drink, don't do drugs, don't smoke, <laughs> don't do anything. <laughs> Just the perfect little Christian. Yep. And it's not working. What does that mean for me? To me, I felt like God's, I'm beyond saving. Yeah. That God has created me and then damned me. And there's... Oh, yeah. It's like like you being Latino. Okay, God created you Latino, but all Latinos go to hell. Now what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. There's nothing. But yeah, what do I do? I can't, I can't change this. I can't, you can't change being Latino. And so, so I was sitting out on Irvine several times. That was my place that I tried to get close to God. I'd sit on the cliffs out overlooking... New, mostly like San Clemente area and stuff. I'd go out there over the ocean. The ocean make, helps me feel close to God. And I would just cry and pray and sit out there. And I'd sneak out between classes at UC Irvine when I had a two-hour break between classes. And I'd go sit out there. And, and I don't know if I ever seriously comp- considered suicide. I have had several friends that did. Mm-hmm. Um, several of them that were part of Exodus or part of Desert Streams. Because I watched them initially go through the same cycle I went through, feeling good at first, and then after feeling yeah. after two, three years, nothing's happened. Then they become extremely desperate that God must have abandoned me, and I'm beyond saving. And then they become tragically scary, self-destructive. Yeah, yeah. So it was, oh, it was not all suicidal, but I saw them either go suicidal or end up <clears throat> going heavily into drugs. So you and just got trapped partying. Now. And you, you're like, I'm going through the same thing. I'm going, going through the same thing, and I felt like I had, I didn't know what to do because I had no. I really didn't want to consider suicide, 
But I couldn't give up on God either. God was still so much part of my life that I couldn't abandon God, which a lot of gay men do. Uh-huh. And a lot of the gay community just walks away because they don't know how to reconcile the relationship. Um, I just, at that point, I was really kind of at a crisis point, which is the first time I think I finally realized maybe I need to reconsider what I've been taught mm-hmm. or how I've been taught about scripture because I do believe God loves me and I don't believe God would put me in an absolutely impossible situation that there is no escape from. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no way out that doesn't rationalize with a loving, yeah. compassionate God, no matter what you, they claim scripture teaches yeah. and what I thought scripture teaches. I just, I also have to go with the larger concept that God loves all of us and we're all God's children and God, this was not a choice for me. I don't know why I'm gay. I I have come to the point that God, whether God made me this way or not, God's not changing. Mm -hmm. And God has chosen not to change. And he's silent. And he's silent on this. Of all things, he's not talking. I'm not hearing anything. Yeah. So if if he even said, Hey, it's Ron to be gay. Right. Just hearing his voice alone would be like, at least I got something. At least I got something. (laughs) I got nothing. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I got nothing on this issue. It was just like, Oh my gosh. And I think that's what's the beginning of when I finally start saying maybe I need, I, I finally listened to a few other people who were gay and still claim to be Christian, uh-huh. which I thought that was impossible at the time because I've been taught that's impossible. Yeah. That if you're, if you accept the gay lifestyle, like I still don't know what that means, but it was like this horrible thing when it was taught to me. It was like, if you do that, you're going to immediately backslide and yeah, yeah, yeah. go away from God and you can't love God. Christ, and you're going to get into drugs and sex and and HIV. You're going to be have AIDS, and your your whole life is just you're going to die a monster. You're going to die a monster, and that's what you get. Yes, and that's what you get because you can't love God and be gay. It's just there's no such thing. That's what I've always been told and believed. So this is basically. I finally started to maybe I need to at least read some things, a book or two, or listen to some other options, and then start. And, and the see and yeah. evaluate. Got it. And I, I don't just accept things. That's not who I am. But at least not be afraid to hear the other side of the argument. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm going to go to Corsano. Yeah. I want, I want to – what was your – so you're at, you're at Arbor Road. You're, you're working with the junior high kids. You, at one point at a retreat, you shared that you struggle with homosexuality. Yeah. But then <clears throat> things started changing. Um, and then if you could – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there are two moments where that were most painful for me in being side B. Was the first one was in high school. Um, as a as a sophomore, I I, I attempted suicide, and um, just because I was just done because was, of this. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I was just done. I was like, there's. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know like if I could even tell anyone about it. I didn't know like. Because God was silent, and I kept praying and praying, and nothing was happening, and I just kept getting real, like, I just, like, it was wrong, you know, and I didn't know what to do, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore, I'm, I'm like, I'm done. So I attempted it, and I, luckily God was like, no, 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 here, I'm, I'm here, don't, like, like, calm down. And so I didn't, I didn't do it, um, but then, so then I was like, okay, well, I heard him. Here, I want to, so you, was this you trying to just get away from the pain? Yeah. Because you couldn't figure out. 
Yeah, I was just so confused. I didn't know what to do. I was so like... You want to be with your guy friends. Yeah. The longing to be close to your guy friends isn't going away. Yeah. Guys are attractive. It's just all of it. It's just like, what the hell? It's just like, what do I do? What do I do? I just didn't know what to do. And so I was like, I'll just just not. I'll just stop breathing. Uh And so... um, Because it's better to do... It's better... To, to not be gay. Yeah. It's something yeah. I can do. Like, I can do anything, but that's something I can do. Yeah. You know, which is to stop it. Yeah. To stop it. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you can't accept it. Exactly. That was the problem. You yeah. can't accept it, so what do I do? Yeah. And so, it. God was like, no, no, no. No, no, no. I love you. Like, don't do this, because I need you here. And I'm like, well, why do you need me here? Because, like, I don't, I don't know what good I can do if I'm just living in sin every day. Um, and so I just tried, I tried everything. I, I opened up to my, uh, high school pastor or high school youth leaders, um, at my church at the time. And we tried everything. Like we like fasting, we did like intent, like intensive prayer. We did like uh, certain Bible says, like we even tried praying demons out of me to like get this out. <laughs> and I was like, nothing was working. Like I did, like I just, nothing was working. And so I decided like when I came to college, I was like, I'm just going to like start over and just like. Ignore it. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I could have, I could have ever done. But I was like, I'm just going to try to ignore it. And that worked for like a semester. Um, and, and then by the time I was like, okay, maybe I, you know, need some help or whatever. Um, that's when I found Arbor Road and I started going to the college group. Um, and then I got involved with uh, being a middle school leader uh, and also started working with uh, the children's ministry. And I was like, okay, like I'm doing these good things. I am struggling with this, but like I have... My college pastors, I have my, my you know, brothers, uh, you know, Jeremy, and I have the... Uh, and Jeremy's a great guy, just throw yeah, out there. He's, my, he's one of my closest buddies, yeah. and so... Yeah. And, and by this time, Jeremy knew about my life, and yeah. he, he, I was in a very, very dark place in my life when I met Jeremy, so it almost, like, prepared Jeremy for heaviness of the struggle. Yeah. Anyways, but... Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I had all these things, and it was going good. Like, I started working at Forest Home, which is a Christian camp. Um, and I was like, I'm doing all these good things for God. I'm serving him. And, like, maybe just maybe I'll just end up, like, he'll take it away because, you know, I'm doing all these good things. Or, like, he'll, he'll you know, I'll be able to just get through my life without having to be gay. Um, and, like, all those thoughts and stuff will just end up being struggles, and I'll be fine. Um, it didn't work out that way. Um, and after I... Uh, Excuse me. After my first uh, first full time full summer at Forest Home, because I told my roommate about it um, when I was working there, and he was he was very much like supportive of me. He's like, whatever you like, whatever you decide is like right or whatever. Like, I'm gonna be here for you, but I just want you to know that like seeing you go through this pain of like hide like hiding yourself like hurts me, and I don't think it's healthy for you either. Um, and so he was like, but I'm here for you no matter what. And I was like, okay, well like that got me thinking. I was like, well, if I am hurting this much, if it is so, so much of a struggle for me to, to, to like, fight against it, and it's, it's pushing me back into that, like, kind of darker place that I was in in high school, like, this can't be from God. Like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't see me being gay and it not going away and me having all this pain and hurt be something from the, the loving man who's been, you know, there for me for yeah. 21 years, at the, by that time, 21 years. Or 20, 20 years at a time. And so I was like, this can't be from my, like, my father, like, my loving God who has brought me through from, like, from hell and back, saved me from killing myself, like, has blessed my family with, with funds, even though we don't have a lot. Like, I got into college. Like, he's, he's been here. It's not like he's silent. It's not like he's not here. Like, he has to be here. 
or I'm just a really lucky person, <laughs> you know? And so, like, if this isn't going to go away, if he's let me have this for four years and not taking it away, like, there has to be there for something. Like, you know, like, I, sh- I should have gotten something by now. Mm-hmm. And so I... I, like, started thinking more, and I was like, okay, like, maybe I shouldn't fight this anymore. Maybe I should love, continue to love God the way I am, and let my life transpire the way it goes, and if it transpires to me having a loving, same-sex relationship um, with a man who loves God, like, great. I'm down. I'm ready, because I want to glorify God in my relationship uh, whenever that happens, and if it's with a man, it's with a man. But like we're still, yeah. still gonna be Christ. Was it hard? Was it hard being at Arbor Road, struggling with same sex attraction, using that term yeah. during that time? You have these longings for. Did you have longings for deep friendship with people at Arbor Road? That like what was it? Just like a tension that you're like, I can't really handle these longings anymore because I want this intimacy. And yeah. it doesn't seem like it's happening in church. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I was I was okay with. Um, the relationships I had, like, the relationships I had with my, like, college group brothers um, was very platonic. It was very, like, the brotherly love that I that I wanted and needed, and okay. I got that. And I didn't, I didn't really see any of them in that way just because, like, I, like, I knew they were straight. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't, like, ever on my radar that, like, oh, like, he's attractive, and I, like, but, like, I can't, like, be with him because, like, he's straight. It was more just like, oh, yeah, that's an attractive man. He's my brother, and I love him. You know, and then those are the relationships I had with my other middle school leaders that uh, I was, I had, I had friends with, and then my college group friends that I was friends with, and everything was fine. I was just like, I couldn't live in that darkness, what I felt was darkness anymore. And so I told my middle school pastor about it, and um, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna continue to fight this, but I just wanted to let you know because like we were in constant communication every every other week or so because we had one on ones and we would just talk about life. Yeah, and he was like he. It was the first thing I told him when I met him because I when I had to meet him for uh, coffee to talk about um, becoming a middle schooler. I was like, well, I just gotta let you know, like I struggle with homosexuality, um, you know. And he was like, okay, it's fine. Like we'll like we'll work through it, whatever. And so when I when I finally told him that like I don't know if I'm gonna like I don't know if it's a struggle really anymore as more of like I just need to accept it. Uh-huh. And then at that point, he ended up telling our senior pastor, and then I had coffee with him. Um, and then that was a weird conversation. And then... What does that mean? So, like, it was, like, a normal conversation because we, like, met to talk about Forrest Tone because he worked there at one point. And it was a good conversation. And then it turned to, like, he asked me, he asked me this very, like, very pinpoint question. He's like, so is there, how are you doing? Is there anything you want to talk about? And in my head, like, I never really met with him before. I met him once before for breakfast, like, a year ago. And I was like, I was literally a week after I told my middle school pastor that I don't want to like fight anymore. And I was like, okay, he knows. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> yeah. not, I'm not stupid. Yeah. He knows. Obviously, somebody you know, him. Yeah, someone told him something. And so yeah. in my head, I'm like, I can lie to him and play dumb, but it's just gonna end up coming out anyway. So I just, so I told him, I was like, so yeah, there's this thing I struggle, I struggle with. Um, but I also don't know if I want to like sh- quote unquote struggle anymore. I think I just, I think I'm gonna be what I feel is. What, what's not going to kill me, you know, like what's not going to send me back to that dark place, what's not going to send me to want to, you know, crash my car, jump off a, a rooftop, you know, like yeah. I, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to glorify God and like serve him with my life. And I'm here on this earth for a purpose. So like, and I keep waking up every day. So clearly he wants me here. So like, if I want to, if I want to leave and there's a reason, there's a way for me to not feel like I want to leave this earth, like I want to take that chance. And so we had a conversation about it and I don't really remember most of the conversation. So I was just more freaking out about like, 
like what he was thinking. Yeah. And so we ended the conversation and I was like, okay, I'll see you later. And it was just like, it was, it was a weird like send off. Cause like, I didn't know what he was thinking. I didn't know what I was feeling. I didn't know what that meant for my future as a leader at the church. I met my middle school pastor the next week and he, we talked and at the end of the conversation, we had our normal like life talk. And then at the end of the conversation, I was like, so like, I'm okay to like lead still in middle school. Right. And he goes, well, I think for now you should take, like, I think you should take some time off to think, um, about where you're at. And in my head, I took that as like, either you're going to be, you're going to continue to struggle and like continue to lead, or you're going to accept your homosexuality and not be a leader. Yeah. And so basically that was him like giving me an ultimatum and I was like, okay. And then I just left. Um, what, why though? Like I went, what, what is the pain that causes you to not, to make that decision so fast? Well, I didn't even make a decision. I was just like, this is a weird ultimatum. Oh, I don't okay. know what I want to choose. I do know, I do know where I was leaning towards. I was heavily leaning towards, you know, accepting homosexuality. Um, just accepting that it's a part of me. Uh, but I didn't know what to say or, or, or to like, I couldn't choose in that moment. So I was like, okay. And then I just left. Like I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just said, okay. And I was like, okay, I'll see you later. And I just kind of left him hanging. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, well, like I, I don't want to die. I don't want to go back to that place. And I do love being a middle school leader, but like, if I can't be there for them cause I'm dead, like what, what, yeah. like it's not going to, it's not an option. option. It's, it's not going to work. Like I'm going to end up abandoning them in one way or the other, which I, which is one of the things I promised myself I'd never do. But like, I was like, either I hurt a lot of people by like killing myself or I, I should take the, I take the, the high road and, 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 and leave. Cause that's what they're asking me to do. And so, um, we ended up meeting, meeting, a. he kept wanting to like meet with me and I was just like, I'm hurt. I don't want to talk to you. But like, he kept like texting and calling me and I was like, okay, well like if he really is texting and calling me so much, like maybe I'll give him like give him a chance to just like talk whatever he wants to tell me. Cause he's like, I have to tell you something. And so I get to coffee with him and he's sitting there with this book in his hand called Wash and Waiting. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And he goes, hey, I wanted to give you this book. Um, I know that what you're going through um, isn't, like, easy, but, like, I just wanted to, like, if, if this is any resource to you, you don't have to take it, you don't have to read it, but, like, I just wanted to leave it with you. And I was like, okay, is there anything else? And he's like, oh, also, like, this was really hard for me to, like, to, for me to tell you, but, like, I, like, we had to pull a recommendation from Forest Home. So, like, you can't work there. And I was like, oh, because you asked, you asked them to recommend. Yeah, they were my recommendation. recommendation. Oh, wow. And, like, wow. I had to work winter camp, but I couldn't because I don't have a recommendation. So I was like, wow. Okay. And I just stormed out. Well, I was outside already, so I just like stormed away um, and left. And then that also forced me to come out to my parents because I had to tell them why I wasn't working winter camp. Oh, which was, man. Which was Wait, fine. so you haven't, but you haven't talked to your parents yet then? No, they don't know. Oh, um, wow. So I ended up having to tell them, and they ended up being completely fine with it. Like, they're really supporting. Um, but I, I was forced to tell them because I... They're like, what's going them, on? Yeah, I had to tell them, like, oh, I'm not working with Winnicott. I lied to them at first. I was like, oh, I'm not working with Winnicott because I just want to, like, stay home with you guys and, like, hang out. But then I'm like, I can't lie to my parents. <laughs> They've done way too much to me for me to, like... Oh, man. So, I mean, that was, that, was, that was also very, very difficult for me. And then also I was in a Christian fraternity that also kicked me out. But that's another story. Um, but I, like, started it. I like I was a uh, 
charter member for our chapter. <laughs> I was a founder, and I, I was there for a good couple of semesters, and then I went and acted because I was struggling with this, because I, I went and acted the semester that I was told that I couldn't work at Forest Home, and I couldn't be a middle school leader or a children's leader anymore in my church, and so... Um, I had to like take a break. I was like, guys, I can't, I can't be a vice president right now. Like, I got to take a break. And so I took a break. And on the break, I came out, and they were fine with it. But then when I came back and they rehired me as vice president, um, nationals told me that they didn't want an openly gay man like leading one of their chapters. And so they're like, you can't be on e board, executive board, but like you can still be in fraternity. Yeah. Did you think you accepting, uh, be, being gay, eventually saying, hey, I'm gay now? that all of this stuff was eventually just going to, like, slap you all the time? You know, I I came out hoping for the best, <laughs> but coming out with the absolute worst. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I, I trusted and I had faith that, like, me being honest with myself, like, telling my middle school pastor about it, like, coming out to my parents, coming out on Facebook, um, I expected, I just expected mm-hmm. it to be okay, which was, like, very wishful thinking mm-hmm. and I guess kind of naive thinking but also very hopeful just because I know I know my God and I know that, like, he'll work things out for the best. And I just assumed, like, my plan, like, I assumed that the best was that my, like, my middle school class will be fine with it. Like, I'll still be able to work at Forest Home, that my fraternity will be okay with it. And all of that, none of that happened. Interesting. <laughs> I just lost it all. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dude, thank you for sharing. That sounds that I because I don't really I don't know exactly what happened. I I heard like yeah. Like I remember I just got a text. Hey, do you uh did you see what Chris Sal wrote on Facebook? Oh, whatever last year. I guess so. When yeah. whatever you wrote when you first came out. Oh, oh, yeah. That and was I was like, no, not really. I haven't been on Facebook because I was probably having one weekend during that time when yeah. that happened. I went through a horrible like I went gnarly on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook's just not good for me. <laughs> uh, Anyway, so yeah. like, I, I was trying to stay away, and then I was like, oh, wow, I guess Corsell, um is gay. I guess yeah. that, like, the, 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 I don't know. So yeah. it was interesting. Man, we're not going to be able to talk about what, what else I also want to talk about, but that means we just have to make another podcast. Perfect. But I would like to end with, I would like to end with one more conversation, and then we're going to get going. Yeah. What do you guys think of me being side B now? Because our... I, mm-hmm. Our stories are similar. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I sure. haven't jumped, I haven't crossed that bridge, and yet it seems right. like I've been in the same place you guys have been. Sure. Yeah. And so I'm just curious what you guys think of specifically me. Then. Yeah, I understand where you're at. Mm-hmm. I totally get it because I was there. Um, I was in the same spot you are at now, so I definitely not judgmental or anything because I went through the same process you're going through. I just think you're not through the whole process yet. You're right. still how old? Twenty two? No, I'm twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay. I have a glass. I have glasses. Twenty nine. <laughs> what does glasses have to do with age? I feel old. Yeah, old. Twenty nine. But still, I just think in the timeline, personally, I think you're still in the process, and I think you're not going to be able to stay where you're at forever, mm. okay. because eventually, it sounds like a great idea. The Catholic Church has tried it for a thousand years, and it doesn't work. Explain to me a great idea. What does that mean? Being able to to basically be celibate your whole life. Interesting. Um, or at least not have sexual relationships ever go there yeah. in a meaningful way that to you. I mean, we all have sex with somebody we're not attracted to. That doesn't do any good. <laughs> <It doesn't work. laughs> um, but 
it's basically what the Catholic Church has tried to do with the priesthood. And for I'm not saying it doesn't happen for anybody. I'm yeah. sure there are some people that God gives the gift of celibacy. But the only person ever talked about it in the Bible was Paul. One person. Well, actually, I, I think it's just very rare. This is one thing for I, most people. This is one thing I do want to bring up, and then yeah. I still want to get back to you. Yeah. I don't see myself as a celibate person. Okay. I, I actually yeah. think celib- I think evangelicals have a bad view of celibacy. Yeah. And to me, celibacy is someone choosing to forego a romantic. Uh, no, I'm going to start yeah. over. Right. Someone choosing to not start a biological family in order to have a big spiritual family, which means. You okay. disciple people. That. Like, they have a heart. See, I, I see celibacy differently. What, what I'm, I'm not saying you can't have close friendships, intimacy, and it doesn't need to be have children. And we, that's a whole different issue with a gay or straight couple. Ch- children, that, that has nothing to do with that. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I just don't. I consider celibacy basically just not being able to reach that ultimate sexual intimacy with a person who you want to spend your and life And I would call that being single. Yeah. You you call that being single. The, the reason uh, why no, I think it's, okay. it's, I it's a, the reason why is I, I think that. it's that's a big theological yeah, it is um, truth that needs to be talked about. Which again maybe which next podcast we could talk about. Yeah, I agree but with I when Christians say yeah. those who struggle with this are called a celibacy, I think they've missed yeah. what the true celibacy, biblical celibacy right. is. So that's just a very big distinction I have to like. No, I get, it. and I think you and I are closer on. We're just using different terms, but yeah, I yeah. think our meaning is the same. I just don't think for most people that singleness is possible okay. for long term. Like every animal in the planet, every animal on the planet mates. Yeah. So you We're see no me different you see me as someone who hasn't understood that yet or something like that? Who's still trying to maintain singleness, but eventually you get to a point that you get desperate because you you need more. Okay. Um I I tried it and I did it for a long time and I did stay single for a long time and eventually I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I felt and there like were no other, like you was, were talking about. There's no other option. You either kill yourself, or you, there's there seems to be a lot yeah. of this. The or the, or or you give up on God. Yeah, I see a lot of gay community <clears> because <throat> that's what our church that we've we grew up in has given us these. This is your only possible path, and that seems to be the narrative everyone and that's has. The narrative that's, everyone has, yeah. and it took me a long time to realize there's a lot of people outside of that box. There are thou there are millions of Christians. Thousands of churches, tons of denominations that believe differently. But in the little box that we grew up in, this little evangelical box, we all say they're not really saved. The uh-huh. Episcopals aren't saved. The Lutherans aren't saved. The Presbyterians aren't saved. Uh, get... aren't saved. <laughs> all of a sudden, we've. It, in, I had to break out of that box to realize, wait a minute. There are lots of people out there who love God with all their hearts. So, so... And, and are okay in a same-sex relationship. So for yeah. me, I see you as... Still on on that path. I hope you don't become destructive. If you can stay single and stay healthy, emotionally, mentally, all the more for you. I'm happy for you. I couldn't do it. Oh yeah. I was either going to become self-destructive, give up on God entirely, which wasn't really an option for me because I just do believe in God. God's proven Himself yeah. too many times. How do you? It's like saying the sky's not blue. I'm just going to start believing the sky's not blue. That, that, you, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah, you it. Can't it just do that. is. God is for me. God is, so I couldn't give up on God. So either you end it or I have to live and and give the rest to God and say, okay, God, this is who I am. You did not give me any other options. Yeah. You have to make a way for me. And I do believe God is still 
right, we act like scripture stopped being written 2,000 years ago. God is still working today. Scripture didn't stop. God is still moving, breathing, uh, for sure. writing. There are cultural experiences that are not in the Bible because they weren't in the Middle East. The African experience, the South American experiences. God is just as real in Argentina as God is in China, as God is in Uganda. Yeah. And God didn't <clears throat> only live in Palestine. Yeah. So when we got to be able to open ourselves up to God's experience so elsewhere. So all that say, you and think, I think you're on your I'm on, path. Okay. I see you as on that path. Interesting. And I love our friendship, and I have no problem talking about it. And <laughs> I'm fine if we're not in the same spot today. Okay. Because we were. I was in the same spot you were. <laughs> and Chris, what would what would you say? Um, I think. Okay, here's here's how I here's how I see it. I I don't understand being side B. Okay. Um, in in your in your sense. Uh huh. And that's okay. You know, like, I, like, everyone has different experiences and everyone, everyone deals with life in different ways. Everyone sees things in different ways, have just, has different experiences, and, and not one experience is the same as the other, you know? Because uh-huh. um, we're all different and unique people that, like, God, God made it that way. And I, what I would say to you is that as, as your brother in Christ, as your brother in Christ, um... I'm going to stick by you in whatever decisions you make because I love you and, and like, that's that, like, I'm called, I'm called to, to be there for my brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. you know? And like in the, in the decisions and the experiences you're going to have, um, I'm going to be there to talk, to, to do podcasts, to, you know, anything you need, like, I'm going to be here for you. I know we just met today, but like, yeah. I, like, like we are, we, we officially, are, yeah, we officially, officially, officially like shook hands today for yeah, the first yeah. time. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Yeah. But <laughs> we've, we've been talking for a couple, for a couple years, like here and there. Yeah. Like regardless, like you're still my brother in Christ and like, um, I, I respect, I want to respect wherever you're at because mm-hmm. I'd want the same back for, for me, you know, and, and, I, and in whatever journey, in, in the journey you're on, it's going to be hard. Um, I feel, but then again, I'm not you. Mm-hmm. So like, it may be easier for you because I know for me, and, and mm-hmm. like you said, like you said, Don, it's, it's hard. It'll be hard for us, but it may be uh, simpler for oh, you. Yeah. I could definitely say <laughs> it's not easy, yeah. but I hear you. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so, and so in, in that, in that endeavor, like wherever you do land or wherever you do end up, like we're going to be there, hmm. you know, yeah, I agree with that. And, and whatever journey God's going to take you on. And whatever decisions you make or whatever um, experiences you experience, like, they're going to be different. They're going to yep. be unique. And I'm going to be excited to hear about them. Hmm. Um, but I do, I do just want to give you advice. or No, not really advice. Just, like, I just want to say, um, just uh, uh, guard your heart, I guess. Because, because... Um, the way you view the way you view life and the way you see things, other people aren't going to see it that way. Yeah. Um, and they can end up hurting yeah. you, and it could put you in a place that that may be difficult to get out of. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's, that's, a, that's a good point. That's yeah. definitely happened like five times in my life. For yeah. But I think what he said is good is great because no matter where you're at, just know that we're not going to put you in that box like yeah. we were put in. Hmm. Yeah. But the, even the church put me in a box that I that was very hurtful. Because yeah. they didn't leave me options, and they would not accept me where I was. Interesting. So, 
I get where you're at. If it works, that's great. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah. But I don't want to do. The, I don't want to repeat the damage. That oh no, I hear you. Exactly. And so, yeah, I don't actually, want to do that to my friends and to. Well, th- first, uh, thank yeah. you guys for saying that. I, I think to some extent, your message is for a lot of side B people. Yeah. That because of anything, I think the side B people are still the most quiet. Yeah, like oh, yeah. there, there's a couple of speakers out there. Not a lot. But yeah, I'm right. getting all, like I'm getting all these emails from men who are married with kids that are like I haven't told anybody. Yeah. And it's it's gnarly. There's lots of people um, like that. But I think next I think next podcast will be interesting because now yeah. I would like to talk to you guys about the four T's and see mm-hmm. how this might. I'm curious if it'll change the conversation on what you guys think and because yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. It'll be a good it'll conversation. Be good. But uh, yeah. we're gonna end here just because yeah. we have time. We have to yeah. go to work now. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Got to pay bills. <laughs>